Hey everyone, and welcome to the Mental Health in Tech podcast. This week, um, it's going to be a little different than the other ones, and it's very intentional, and I'll explain why in a second. But I'm going to start by just quickly saying what we're trying to do here and a little bit about myself, and then I'm going to give some additional context uh, around our guests and stuff like that. So the Mental Health in Tech podcast exists because we, myself and other Skulk, have recognized that couple of things. One thing, there's quite a stigma still um, attached to mental illness, and we're trying to destigmatize that. One of the best ways to do that is to talk about it um, and to talk about it openly. And I think, and, and the second thing is, the more people we speak to, the more we realize how prevailing this is in the world, but also in the tech industry. And so by speaking about it and being okay with talking about it, we hope that more people will come forth and say, hey, me too, kind of thing. And by doing that, we see that this is not a weird thing that only happens to some weirdos somewhere in the world. It's like very common and we all need to deal with this in some way, shape or form. And, you know, let's talk about it. Let's find some ways to to, to share these things. So that that is kind of why this thing exists. Me, myself, um, I've been living with mental illness since, I don't know, I would like put a pin on 15 years, but I guess it was probably earlier than that. Combination of like um, general, generalized anxiety disorder, depression, just a crippling fear of death, which I think all of us have to some extent, but I definitely have that much worse. Kind of think it's linked to my dad having a heart attack when I was very young and me being seeing him in the hospital. And yeah, a long story there. But um and so, yeah, I've been living with that. I've had um, substance abuse to try and deal with a lot of these things. So, you know, I've had a, a journey and a half to where I am today. And um, one of the people that that I listen to quite frequently is this dude that some people might know called Adam Savage. Um, he was on this little known show called Mythbusters. Maybe you've heard of it. I don't know. Um, and he has also been struggling with a lot of these things, including the substance abuse and all that kind of stuff. And he's just a super dude and he talks about it quite a lot. And on one of these shows, they were talking about ADHD specifically. And he was like, there's this podcast I listen to called ADHD Big Brother. I was like, huh, and well, I'm going to have to check that out. And um, I listened to it and I was like, man, this dude makes this thing like this shitty thing to live with sound shitty but in a cool fun way uh, and i've been listening to his show for a long time and i'm really enjoying it and i really like his perspective on a lot of these things and so i was like we always talk with other people in tech on the show which is cool that's kind of why we started it but i think we can try something different and talk to somebody that's just have a lot of experience in this world also having lived with this but also run a community and talk to other people who live with this and i'm sure there's an overlap between all of that and between tech and between what we're trying to do and i think there's just a great story to tell here so that is kind of why i invited russ and russ was like yeah man let's do this and here we are um the only other thing that I want to do, uh, introduce is before I go on too long is since our very first episode, our very first guest introduces super cool concept, which is we start off by being a little vulnerable and saying where we are at in terms of our mental space right now, today, in this moment. And we each share that individually after having introduced ourselves. And this is just a way of like giving voice to our emotions and also sort of for one another on this podcast to kind of know where the other person is and maybe that that triggers a conversation or maybe it just 
makes you understand what the other people's mental state is and you can tailor your conversation questions based around that. So um, to conclude my whole preamble, I will say that I'm in a pretty good space. Um, I'm very, very glad tomorrow's Thursday, aka payday, because holy shit, that's been rough. Um, and so I'm glad that that is, that is going to be some light at the end of that tunnel. Um, that's going to make me take a big gasp once the money is in my account, because that is the way the world still is. <laughs> if you don't have money, things are really hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, like from a mental health perspective, I think things are pretty good. I, I've been going through the last couple of days, this thing where I'm constantly second guessing myself if I'm, because I'm, I'm in a rather new role at a startup. And so I have this lovely um, friend called uh, Imposter Syndrome that's joined me the last couple of days and been saying like, hey, do you think you're still going to work here in like a month? Because I think you suck and you're not doing a very good job at, at what you're doing. And I'm like, shut up, dude. Come on, man. And he's like, no, but really, have you thought about it? Like, so I've been dealing with that somewhat. Um, and uh, it's it's not helping, but I'm trying to make peace with it. And I'm trying to like just roll with it and say like, quiet down. I, I don't need this. You're not making anything better. Um, so yeah, but I think other than that, things are pretty good. Um, life is not, could be much, much worse. The world is gone berserk, but we'll leave that there. And with that, I think I'm going to hand over to other Skulk, um, to do his intro and then he can hand it over to our guest, Mr. Jones. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, something I just learned is, uh, Adam Savage kind of has a history of mental health and uh, apparently talks about it quite a bit. So I'll, I'm definitely going to follow up on that a bit. Um, also, um, Skulk, um, given that I also just want to mention this because, you know, you, you've been at Mozilla for a very long time. So um, I found myself at, at more often than not at the place where I'm starting at a new company, I guess, than you have over the last decade. And um, just maybe one thing worth mentioning is that generally we underestimate like how expensive proper onboarding is, like just in terms of man hours and effort and whatever, um, getting someone to reach a specific point of institutionalized knowledge um so generally i i don't know like i, I don't know what it's like but it, i i guess some of it might also be that that there's a lot of stuff that's institutionally just kind of like common sense in the organization that you don't necessarily like realize immediately and that's just part of like like yeah it's so yeah, I think as someone who's been there more often than I should, um, yeah, t take it for what it is. Um, it's more often than not, it's a them problem instead of a you problem. Um, more often than not, companies don't do their due diligence in terms of standardizing and formalizing institutional knowledge. And then someone new comes in and it's like, nothing makes sense. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, um, yeah, so... so yeah, I guess kind of, I, I think last time we spoke, I was also kind of in a place of ambivalence 
I think last time we spoke, I also forgot to take my meds and it was the exact same situation where, oh, now it's too late. If I take my meds now, I'm like, cool, see you guys tomorrow morning with no sleep. Um, but so now I'm just like riding it out um, then taking it tomorrow morning. Um, yeah, um, so kind of that bit of weird sensations and stuff from like forgetting to take my meds. Um, also worth saying that if, if you're listening to this, um, it might only be a month apart from the previous one. And in the previous one, I said, okay, I'm going to start following up, going back to regular therapy and whatever. Um, and I just want to state for the record that it's not that I failed to deliver. It's that this is literally three days after we recorded the other one. So don't be like, oh man, a month has gone by and this guy hasn't done anything. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm still committed to that. It's just like been like three days. <laughs> if you're listening to this, um, we're recording this like immediately after the other one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, Good place, um, bit of uncertainty just in terms of the year, and as you mentioned, Scott, like finances, and yeah, man, living is expensive, and it's it's hard just like being functional, and then it's like okay, not only do you need to be functional, but oh yeah, you need to provide for an entire family, and oh yeah. So it's tough, um, but uh, I guess you, you take it as it comes. Um, so if, if anything, I, I think I would just summarize where I'm at at the moment. Probably meh. That's probably how I would summarize <laughs> it. Like, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, on, on that amazing note, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to add over to Russ. Um, Russ oh, please. wow. Yeah, like now it's all on you. Like it's all okay. on you. Like you're you're the last hope for this podcast. So um, there you go. <laughs> I will see your meth, and I will raise you. A, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, t- like so. So just for context, so I. I I have no idea who Russ is. Um, <laughs> I, I think I so so Skulk Nietland gave a bit of an overview, and that's the extent of what I know. So at this point, whoever's listening to this, I know exactly as much about Russ as you guys do. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm keen for you to kind of give me and the listeners a bit more context in terms of what it is exactly that you do and where Big Brother is it Big Big Brother ADHD. Nope. Nope. Guess again. Keep trying. No, it's ADHD Big Brother. Oh, man. I was so close. Yeah. Man, I don't I, um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to give you the context that you want. There's, there's, there's a joke. There's a joke in there about like putting people in a house with ADHD and just like putting them under like uh, 24-7 like cameras or something. Um, oh, wow. But yeah, I'm not going to exert myself to make that joke. So, but yeah, let, let's proceed. <laughs> yeah, let's, tell us a bit. Tell us a bit about who you are and what you do. This, by the way, this is probably my favorite thing: is uh, hanging out with people that have no idea who I am and that I have little to know. I don't know much about you guys as well. But but this is I. This is so much funner to me. Um, I don't know. I just thrive in that environment of like, oh yeah, let's learn about each other. You know, I just learned about some crippling anxiety from Skulk. I didn't know about that. And you know, the interesting thing is uh, when you were saying that, I was like, oh man, that fear of death. That's interesting because I come from a depression side, right? And 
mine is sort of like a uh, in the darkest of times, and we're 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 open season here for dark talk, right? Or okay, yeah, yeah. So mine are mine is not a crippling fear of death it, or death. It would be more of like the, the crippling. Um, I don't have in in me to do it. So I hope like somebody robs this bank or hope somebody robs the store and then I'll just jump in front of the bullet or something. You know, it's like that kind of a thing. So you're like, Oh man, that's, that's not a good way to live. I I, I think mine, I think mine is my, my go-to one is usually the, I don't know if you any of you guys have watched uh, Donnie Darko. No, Uh, a long time ago. Oh man, I, I bring it up all the time and no one knows, knows about it. But like, so, but in the movie, effectively he's sleeping at night and like, uh, the, there's more to it, but like in very simple, like explanation is he, he's sleeping at night and just like an engine randomly falls off, off a passenger plane and just like crashes through his bedroom, through his bed. And that's how he dies. And I'm like, man, that sounds like the dream. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> not, right now. not right now not right not right now not right now but but like that that's my yeah. I, I think everyone has everyone has a go to where they're just like yeah. can i just like sleep forever um yeah yeah my heart goes out to that because that's and that's kind of what brings me into the fold of like what i'm doing i'm not a therapist you know but i know that uh i really my heart just breaks for that the we shouldn't have to live like that. That's not fair. So the, uh, just to give you guys some, I don't, I don't know if this is context. I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. The, uh, uh, I, I was diagnosed with uh, ADHD at age 40, somewhere around 40, uh, right as I was getting a divorce. Um, and it, it it's a, that whole standard thing where you basically then go and research everything and you know, figure out, Oh, Oh God, this explains everything. And now not only am I glad that I have an answer for a bunch of stuff, I'm also depressed because God, what a waste of my life, not of, you know, all these things that could have been better. I dropped out of college after one year because I didn't have, I went from the imposed structure of my family, like bring home good grades or you're grounded or do this. I had all this beautiful structure for me. Um, and then you go to college, you're like, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Okay. Video games and alcohol and fun, you know, and, and then you, I realize, oh, I'm getting A's and all the acting stuff, but I'm slowly failing at everything else. I guess I should go to LA and be an actor. I guess that's my calling. And so that was what I did. And, uh, I ended up spending, I'm just going to ramble my biography, I guess. I don't know. Is, you guys it. just stop me when we're like, and we got enough. We got enough of you, dude. <laughs> uh, I moved to LA. I I was an actor for a good decade or decade and a half. I did a lot of comedy, sketch comedy, um, really successful in commercials. I was a very good office dork. That was like something I could do very well. And, uh, and so it was a good time. Um, uh, creati- creatively and a good time um, financially and a good time. And it's where I met my wife. And so things were, were good. And then I don't know, man, like it's things just slowly, slowly fade. And I, I it was one of those things that you, everybody, the, the beauty of, of this community is that we all identify with the same uh, BS that we go, Oh, I could stare at my garage 
for like an hour and slowly dip into madness because I can't figure out how to get started cleaning it. And it's such an easy, how hard is it to clean a garage? You take a thing out and you put a thing back and yet I can't do it. I'm paralyzed. I'm overwhelmed by choice. And, and so I'm like, I'm a loser. I'm a legitimate piece of garbage. And then I start looking, I don't know. So if slow decline <laughs> and then you realize you have ADHD and I've always, um, I guess how I became into ADHD big brother is that I, I've always, um, had a, a, an open heart for people that are struggling that there's, uh, and when, uh, you know how we all get into these crazy endeavors. We're like, this is the thing I'm doing now. This is everything that I am. And this is my soul. I wrote a potty training book to try to help people not overwhelm themselves with potty training. And I don't give a crap about potty training. I was just so mad about how biased the books were and that they were so big. I'm like, nobody needs a 250 page book on how to poop in a toilet. And, and so then, so, so I read all the books and then I wrote the book that I wanted and it was so tiny and beautiful. And it's a kid's book and it's a football. It was creatively wonderful. That's, that's what I do. And so I kind of understood my purpose in, sen- in the sense that everything that I've ever done, the overarching theme has been even the, the shitty jobs. The thing that I got liked out of it was the, when I was helping, when I was serving somebody else and helping them through a struggle or something, that's when I was the happiest. And even though I, I was a bellman at a hotel, I would take bags to people's, I liked talking to strangers and helping them with their heavy bags. The rest of the job sucked. <laughs> but so I'm like, okay, that's an indicator. I think of something, I don't know what yet, but that's an indicator. Um, and then, so as I learned more about ADHD and as I, I, during the uh, pandemic, I helped, uh, I was just helping people. I was doing videos on Facebook and offering suggestions and these tools on moving forward. And they really, they were these tools that worked for me and they come to find out they're ADHD specific. They really are. They work for everybody, but they're super ADHD specific. And um, that kind of is how ADHD Big Brother sort of came to be. And I was like, I hate social media, even though I, I still have an Instagram account, but oh, that's on the chopping block. But the I was like, how am I going to get it out there that I can help people? And I was like, ah, oh, I can podcast. I, I don't want to YouTube because I don't want to deal with having to edit video. But podcast, how fucking how awesome is this, right? We get to hang out and talk. Who cares what I look like at the time? Who cares anything? And it's uh, I just get to share. I love that. And so then that's that's how ADHD Big Brother came to be. And it's that's where I can give people free help. And then there's a, a paid community, which is where my, I, my, my heart is in that community. And then there's, I, I'll help people one-on-one. And so that's kind of where I'm at. And I still have another job. It's, it's sort of like the idea is I'll grow this. And then, and then at that point, I'll, I'll hopefully be able to full-time it. 
That's it. I mean, that's me up to point today and how I'm feeling today, because that's uh, that was, I believe, the requirement on this show Mm -hmm. is divulge. Uh, I go I go I I go up and down throughout a day. Um, This morning uh, I went on a walk. I'm dealing with ruminating thoughts. I struggle with that. more often than not, they're negative. So being cool with myself is, a, is, is, mm, that's my mantra. Um, but I'm, I'm always dancing on the edge of a depressive episode. I can feel it coming. I can see, Oh, one more shitty thought and I'm down, you know? So I, am. <laughs> uh, where I'm at right now is, uh, I'm not meh. I'd say I'm a little bit better than meh. So I'm, I'm feeling. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hey, hey, in I'm, this world, meh is like, in this world, meh is up there. Like, meh is like, you know, that, that's in the ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I am constantly seeking uh, joy. Uh, so I'm, I'm always on the radar for what will make me feel good. Um, and I'm using yeah. music for that right now. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's me, I, guys. I, yeah, that, that's that's really great stuff. Like I, um, I don't know if you're you're familiar with um, uh, oh man, what's it called? I, I think it's a mental mental illness happy hour by Paul Gilmartin. Um, no. So 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 that's uh, he's also he also has like a background in 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 comedy and acting and so forth and um that at a specific time in my life and and i I think that was specifically also a time where before podcasts were really like a big thing um and like that was kind of the really the only one that i could find i think he's been doing it for a very long time now and man like you kind of mentioned about kind of this this big brother thing and like i have to say also as as someone and you know like and and he might not even have intended it for for it to be that way like he might just be like i just want a space to make jokes and ramble about like mental illness and talk to people and i think at, at, at a specific point in my life that was such a lifeline for me like just like if a new episode dropped i just he like man like i don't know i don't know how to describe it but i think the thing that gets me is, is the alienation um and the loneliness um and I, and i i think we we spoke about this a bit last time as well as you know like so obviously you know so in south africa and so forth you know like there's a big kind of generational divide as well between our parents who grew up in a specific political kind of structure and us and and so forth and you know so like like whenever i look at kind of all my peers as well you know um uh regardless of you know neurotypical or any of those things i definitely see that to some degree everyone around my age kind of had at some point to go on some type of 
like there, there's this this narrative of trying to figure out like who you are and how to make sense of the world just because i think a lot of the stuff our parents believed and and, and a lot of the stuff they grew up with kind of were exposed as like just bankrupt you know like ethically and 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 just like like politically and um yeah and like and i, I think like myself as well you know like like that whole mess and then also trying to figure out like i also have all these weird other things you know about like obsessing about like that my face is not symmetrical or whatever like you know so it's it's you're laughing but that's a legit that's no, probably the that's I'm, that, I'm a thousand percent with you because i think my one eye is lower than the other on my face and i yeah. i'm like hmm do i do i need to no, lean like this when i talk no no, sure. No, no, 100%. I actually, like, uh, so I did a talk. I did a talk at a big tech conference. Um, was it this year? No, last year. Um, and, and that was kind of the, like, about mental illness and so forth in the tech community. And, and that's, like, the big thing that I spoke about is that because I think that is that exemplifies it so much for me. Like, you know, because I've had other obsessions before and whatever. And, you know, like some of them are related to, as Colt Needling said, you know, obsessions with death or, you know, things around guilt or things that have kind of like a um, spiritual dimension, like anxieties around that and whatever. But like, I think this thing about my face not being symmetrical is such a good example of just like how batshit insane it gets. And also the whole thing about like, at that point, people would be like, no, there's nothing wrong with your face. And to a certain degree, I logically understood that, but it's just like this feeling of but what if the what if there is you know um it's so and i think that's why it's a, such a good example to me because it's like almost this thing that no one else can relate to um whereas you know if you talk about death or whatever other people are like yeah but like that is just like it's it's so i almost sometimes feel ashamed to talk about like how how much I obsessed about the symmetry of my face for a specific point in my life. And, you know, to the point of like, I didn't want to live anymore because, you know, I, because I don't know, like there's something wrong with me or whatever. Um, yeah. But um, so, geez, now I can't even remember where I was getting at with this. Oh, <laughs> so, so what I wanted to say is like, you know, while going through all of that, like, you know, it's, it's very alienating dealing with that. And, but then you have this podcast or whatever, where someone else is also, because I think one thing that I appreciate about like his podcast is it, it's very honest and open. Like I almost want to say, um, almost, uh, it would be the word uh, perversely so, you know, like it's almost like, yo man, this is getting a bit too intense, you know. Um, but I, I appreciate that realness, especially in a time where I was trying to grapple with the insanity of like all these things and no one else being able to relate. So, um, yeah, I, I just wanted to mention that because, you know, like there is a lot of downstream like people that benefit from this, even even the stuff that you do, even if you don't intentionally set out to do it, um, I can at least attest that there's there has been one podcast like that that has really been a massive positive in my life. Yeah, I find yeah. that very it's very interesting when uh, I think that's the the benefit of, of of doing a show and then people start to reach out to you because you uh, like you'll say something and be like. I've been carrying that inside quietly and the shame of it and the depression of it. And now somebody just came out with it 
and you're like, oh, I'm not alone. Like that, that um, eliminating the loneliness. And I, I almost find that more so with depression because depression is such a sad, lonely, I hate myself and I'm the only one that know. And no matter what anybody tells me, I hate myself. And then to be able to not, not laugh, not I, is a tricky thing to talk about, but it's like to say, I feel that way. And let's share in some gallows humor about it, you, you know, because it's rough as we're going through it. Cause I, I don't know, like it, my heart breaks for that stuff. Right. When we feel like, like there's stuff that like the, you talk about the symmetry of your face, like everybody has this body shaming feeling inside in some way and they're silently suffering. And so to come out with it and be like, I don't think my face is the right shape. Or I think what's going on. If you put a piece of paper there, this is two different humans or something. If you, <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. Do you guys see my lips? My lips look like if I go sideways, I look like an Eagle. Like these things point. And you're like, oh, yeah, we're all fucking messed up. We all think our our faces are stupid and we're dumb and and yeah. and literally nobody bats an eye at our face, right? When we walk down the street, nobody's going, "Oh my god, did you see the lack of symmetry on that dude?" Oh, what an idiot! Nobody's doing that. Yeah. But we're but see, doing but it. No, but that's what makes it so hard to talk about these things because I, I yeah. think there's a part of you. I don't want to hog this too much with the face stuff, but like, like <laughs> no, we gotta dig know, in. But, we gotta no, get no, into no, no, it. But also, like, it's like when when do you ever get an opportunity to talk about this? You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> so. But but like, I, I think the thing is, there's a part of you that recognizes that, and that's like, this is insane, man. Like, no one cares about whether your face is symmetrical, but it's like, it's it's it's. You can't help feel it. And, and that makes it worse is like, you know, recognizing something rationally, but still, f- f- I don't know, like the, I, I often equated it the, to like bungee jumping, you know, like it's no matter how logically you can reason that you're not going to die, you have this like emotional response as if it's real. And like I always tell people like your first instinct would be like dude there's nothing wrong with your face like that's like telling someone who's about to bungee jump like why are you acting this way dude you're not gonna die what the hell what is going on you're not gonna die it's like i know that and i don't know what's going on and i i I know this is crazy and i don't know how to stop doing it but yeah like it's and it's interesting that you mentioned like you know people reach out so i like um, I'll, I'll share this and then I'll, I'll let Skalkneetling do a bit of talking. Um, but so how all of this started for me, I, I think Skalkneetling and I have kind of like been like traveling like very parallel journeys in terms of this type of thing. And then I think at some point, um, like he actually interviewed me for a podcast that he was doing more related to uh, the tech world. And I think he started talking about a lot of that. And and out of that came like, hey, like there's really something here. Let's maybe like focus on that and build something around that, like the mental health aspect. And so how it started for me is I used to do a lot of technical talks at conferences and whatever. And then I, you know, I talk a bit about myself. I talk about like kind of, I don't have a, a formal background in tech and you know I, I actually used to be an artist um i used to my backgrounds in visual arts and you know and then i'd share also like i'm like kind of i struggle with mental health and you know i'm on medication and whatever and so many people would 
either during the talk ask me questions about that or come talk to me afterwards where I kind of just realized that maybe I should kind of be more intentional about this and do something specifically, you know, around that because so many people resonate. So many people who don't come and speak to me afterwards about anything in the talk, but they just want to chat to someone in the world of tech who at the very least is open about kind of their mental challenges because, you know, also I think, you know, each each industry and, and field has its own thing, but I think there are unique challenges to being open about it in the world of tech, um, specifically a space that's very in, that's very kind of logical and you know you know like almost like engineering focused. And so can I ask you, you know, a question about tech? Because it's not my world yeah. at all. Is it an mm. isolating job? You're like on your own. I picture tech as I'm a guy in yeah. front of a computer on my own all day. Um, or is that different? Is it more collaborative? Is it more like? Jeez, I, I can't actually. I can't actually speak about that um because you know i only have my own little slice of what i'm doing and okay that being said as well a big part of that is actually i'm very much in like tertiary education and stuff as well um and also because i'm doing consulting work honestly 99 percent of the time i spend talking about code um i actually where i'm at now in my career i actually spend very little time actually writing code more time talking about code figuring things out looking at code you know, reviewing code and, um, but yeah, I don't know, like for, for what it's worth, it's way less isolating than, than kind of when I used to paint and when I used to, when I was an artist, um, like that got me, yeah, because you're kind of like just on your own, you're doing your own thing at the very least. Now I need to talk, I'm building something for someone. This code needs to go somewhere. And at the very least, I need to have discussions with, like I think that was very refreshing to me when I actually did a career change. You know, whereas previously I would just like wake up in the morning, make some art, go to bed or whatever. Wake up the next morning, make some, and then you're like, "Oh, this is crap! Oh, what am I thinking? This is so stupid! People are gonna, <laughs> people are gonna laugh at this!" And you're just making yourself mad, and yeah, yeah. and 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 That's then also funny. like, yeah, it's yeah. So no, I I, I can't really speak to that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if Scott Nettling can maybe add to that a bit. Yeah, I think for me, um, I would definitely say that it can be. Uh, because I, so uh, I worked at a company called Mozilla that makes the Firefox browser. That's kind of what they're most known for. Um, and I worked there for a very long time, like almost 12 years. And for all of that time, I was remote. And, you know, there's nobody else in South Africa that works at Mozilla. So like Mozilla HQ is my house. And then in my house, it's the little corner at my desk. That is Mozilla HQ South Africa. And I mean, so, you know, we had these like all hands and those were, even though I, an aspect of it, I really didn't like because I could never take my wife with me. It's too expensive. Um, <clears throat> I couldn't take the kids with, and then we'd go to Disney World, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, I feel like a total ass." Because yeah, I'm going to Disney World, and my kids sit at home. Um, but it was a lifeline for me because it was a it was a, a week or so where I got to interact with my colleagues in real life, not just over a Zoom video or whatever the case may be. So I think for me, <clears throat> at, at, it did get isolating. And I think as you, two, as you two were talking, I think 
that might be where the whole open source thing really helped me because there I could find a community where even though there wasn't in real life meetups and stuff like that, I still had this interaction where I would put a piece of code somewhere and somebody else would review it and they would give me comments and there would be an interaction. Even though it's over the internet, completely isolated from one another, there's still this back and forth. Whereas if I was just doing my job, it would be extremely isolating. It would be, almost be the classic, like what people think when they think about a hacker. It's like a dude with a hoodie sitting in the basement, just like hacking away. And every now and again, they like come up for air and then they disappear again. You know, it would have been almost, it, it would have been almost that. And for somebody that deals with mental health illness, like that's not what you need at all. That is a 100% way that you're going to start doing a Google search because you feel a cramp somewhere in your leg. And then before you know it, you have convinced yourself that you've got bone cancer and it's only a matter of time. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're too, <laughs> you're too scared to go to the doctor because you don't want this confirmed because then how are you going to deal with this goddamn reality that you have to live with now? And then that stuff starts spiraling up. What you were talking about, Russ, the, the, the spiraling thoughts that just goes out of control. Wow. Mm -hmm. Until I discovered like MBSR, like mindfulness-based stress reduction and meditation and all that kind of stuff. That destroyed me. I mean, I would get up some days already anxious, and then my thoughts would go to that feeling in my body, and I wouldn't identify it for what it is, even though I've experienced this a bazillion times. I know what a panic attack is. I know what it feels like when it starts. I know where this is going. I know probably where it's going to play out. But when it starts, all of that goes out the window, and you're just like, nope, this is different this time. This time it's a heart attack. This is it. I'm going to freaking have a heart attack. I'm going to open a hospital. They're going to saw open my chest. I'm going to wake up with pipes everywhere in me. My kids are going to be traumatized for the rest of You know, you're going there. And then those thoughts just spiral, spiral, spiral until you're lying on the bed, like just holding onto the mattress, thinking like, I'm not going to make it. And people are standing around you saying God. like, you're going to be like with the face thing, like people are standing around you saying, you're going to be fine. You're okay. And you're like, you don't know what the <laughs> hell you're talking about. I'm dying right I here. I know the uh, truth. Yeah. I, I, really, so I really appreciate that you said, oh, this, no, this time is done because, because that's exactly yeah. what I wanted to say. Like, so, so also, you know, I have a long history of that thing as well. Like you guys thought it was just a face. Like, no, I have stories. <laughs> um, oh, there's more. <laughs> the face, the face is like literally just the, the, the tip of the iceberg. Um, but so like, but that's the thing like as well is like you, like it, it I resonated so much with that little line of saying, no, but this time is different. Like, you know, oh man, like, like that's it. Like if there's anything that ties all these things together, it's the fact, ironically, that you think each time this time is different. Yeah, like it's, that conviction, yeah, or, right? Yeah, it's like that. It's like, you know, the, like the face thing. Yeah, that was just weirdness. And, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah, like that was just a medication fix that and, and whatever. Um, but this time it's all real. Like th that, those were just false alarms, but it's happening for real right yeah. now. And like, and every time I go through a depressive episode as well, like it's like, yeah, you know, the others, 
you just buckle down and just ride out the wave and eventually you merge on the other side. But this time it's different. This is going to be the rest of my life. It's never going to get better. And like, like it's like, it's going to be different. This one is never going to clear up. It's not an episode. It's, it's forever. Right. Now. Um, You're like, no, I am a piece of crap. Like this is geez. legitimate. I, now we've put yeah. our finger on it. I'm a hopeless loser. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I still I still don't know what to do about that because I still get it every single time. I, I don't know how. And then every time, specifically with episodes, when I come out of it, I'm like, yeah, I did the whole thing again where I thought like, no, this time it's just going to be forever and it's never going to stop. Um, and I, I still don't know. Like, like it's sure as day it happened. Like tomorrow I go through a depressive episode again and I convince myself that this time is different. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna cease. Um, yeah, I don't know if anyone ever finds an answer to how to how to not do that. Like I'm, I'm all ears. <laughs> Where you're like, oh, you know what? Drink more water, and that fixes everything. That's Bombs. always my favorite advice for uh, those things. Get better time. sleep, and it'll fix everything. All of yeah. it. I'm a, like, I like for me for my money. It's um, the the closest thing I've had to surviving these things is that like. Uh, I don't know if this is the best solution for across the board, but it's, it kind of works for me, but that uh, I kind of DIY stuff too. Like, have you guys heard of uh, acceptance and commitment therapy? Like that? Yes. Yeah. Where you um, put your shitty thought. I'm a massive fan. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So I, I, that helps me with the crappy thinking to know that it's not about the fight to stop the thinking. It's the thinking is there and I'm going to, it's over here now. So my life is this way and the, the shitty thinking is over there. That helps me. And then at sometimes, sometimes I, I lean into it and I'm like, Oh, you, you, you're sad. You don't want to do this thing Well, you're doing it anyway. Oh, I get to punish myself. I'm going to do a something that's good for me because I'm, I hate myself. It's not, it's dysfunctional, but I do it sometimes. Uh, yeah, I'm a massive like I I specifically at one point I searched out for therapists specifically who are practicing um, ACT. So yeah, it's it's really great. So I I never really resonated that well with like traditional cognitive like behavioral therapy because like there, there's almost a mechanicalness to it that you know like it it feels like at some point like you you can just reason yourself out of it where you, yeah, like you, that's and but but like for one thing i appreciated about but about, about um, acceptance and commitment therapy is like there's there's a bigger there's a bigger goal here and 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 the bigger goal is effectively like you know like like not r- trying to avoid these things um, yeah, like they are better a part at of you. Sitting yeah. and sticking with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Whereas, like that. Like, yeah. No, no. Same CBT, here. Like, I thought was. Mm. I was gonna say CBT. I the I like it for the um, for the breakdown uh, for getting to know my thinking, like like mm. the uh, like the distortions, like all or nothing thinking or perfectionism and those things. I like I liked it for that for that for the getting to know myself part. But I think you're right. It is. It's. It's a reasoning exercise. It's not necessarily a doing thing. And I. I think like I like. I don't know. Like I'm. I'm just way too 
what would be the word? Like, I'm just way too committed to proving to myself that no, these things are for real, that I will yeah, find a way. I, I like, like, I will find a way. I'll re, I'll, I'll come up with some rationale. Like, I'm not going to think myself out of, out of that problem. Like, well, yeah, I'm going to find some loophole. <laughs> I think it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk myself too. into this. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, yeah. Like, I, I like, yeah. So no, I, I think that's the thing as well. And, and, and then, you know, you'd get stuck in that, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. you try and reason yourself out of it. But then in the process of reasoning yourself, trying to reason yourself out of it, like you kind of come up with new things. So you're like, yeah, my face is skewed. So, um, you know, what if, what if no one likes me because of that? You know, and it's like, wait, do people like me? Like, and, and I was like, just opened up a completely new, <laughs> new obsession. So yeah. So, so, it's so not I think, well, just your I, face, I, man. Yeah. Like if your face was fine, people would still not like you. Um, yeah. but so, but what I, what I appreciated about acceptance and commitment therapy, it's like, you know, whether it's true or not is irrelevant. Like the problem isn't whether your face is, if it, cause it's, if it's not your face, it's going to be something else. So, so the solution isn't to reason yourself out of it, but the solution is to be like, it doesn't matter if it, if it, if it is, if my face is cute, then that's fine. People have lived with worse things. Let's figure something out. You know, let's accept that. Let's, let's, you know, so, um, but it's such a tricky line because, you know, like, um, I can definitely see how that can turn into like, uh, fatalism where you're just like, no, you know, like there's no point in doing anything. Um, but yeah. All right. So, so somehow I ended up hogging the conversation again. So Scott Needling, please say something. And, and <laughs> no, no, get us out of, we need get to, us we out need of this get, mess. Get to the bottom of your face. We need to get to the bottom <laughs> of your face. Scott Needling, we need the intervention here. Please do, do something. That's why Scott Needling is blurry because of his lack of symmetry in his face. But we'll never know because his face is blurry. On his camera, it's, uh, like it's just one big blob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like Russ said in the beginning, I'm in a witness protection program, so that's why. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know everything. Like you said, yeah, there's, yeah. there's more. Yeah, there's more. You, you don't even know if if he's real. Like, um, no. you know, for all we know, it's like just some AI tool that I plugged. And I'll be like, what would be a cool name for 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 this fake made up person in the call? Maybe Scott. I'm going to use my two. own name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's no, funny. I'm 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 so, so Scott. I'm I'm curious, like. And like, so, you know, so we talk quite a lot about, you know, kind of your own stuff and, um, but I, I think like, obviously because of the nature of something like, like this podcast, we never really get down to actually dissecting like how it plays out and whatever, you know, we generally talk about like broad strokes and so forth. So I'm, I'm curious for you, like, what are the kind of the, the, the more finer details in terms of how these things actually play out and, 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 and what, the, what the actual challenges are in terms of just seeing it through? Um, unless, unless you've already mastered that and you're just like, you know, like, um, yeah, if uh, like I just surf it out, man. Um, cowabunga, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm curious. I guess you were asking me. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I don't have an answer. I mean, I think for me, like, um, 
two things that I've picked up in, so you all were talking about like CBT and then also the other one, which I had not heard of before. I, it, there's, there's familiarity around the concept, but I haven't heard it put into those terms. But I think two of the things that I really resonated with, with um, MBSR, uh, mindfulness-based stress reduction, which, I mean, that is entirely based upon mindfulness, right? It comes from John Kabat-Zinn and the research he did around meditation and all that kind of stuff. I think the two things that came out of, that really resonated with me there is, and this is not easy, like I, I cannot do this yet, but this is what you need to try and get to is to be able to sit with the feelings, not judge them, just let them be, let them come and go. Like the whole idea of clouds. If you were lying on your back in, in a field and you're looking up the clouds going by, each cloud that passes is one of these intrusive thoughts that's trying to tell you something negative about yourself, your situation. And you're supposed to look at it, see it, acknowledge it, but not, um, I think one of the things that the, the doctor told me is if it's like a train, you're not going to get on the train. You're going to let it pass. You're going to look at it. You're going to see what it is. You're going to see it for what it is, but you're just letting it pass. If, if it stops and it's like, you want to get on, you're like, nope, I'm good. And it just pulls away out of the station and keeps on going. I think that was the one thing for me, um, which is it, it makes a big difference. Those moments where you can actually pull that off, it, it does make a difference. Um, but it is, it is not, it is not easy. I think those are one of the practical tools for me. The other thing that, that was really interesting, and it's something that I still absolutely suck at, and I, I have my entire life, is avoiding confrontation. I have always avoided confrontation at all odds. Like I would, if somebody's like, I don't know, I can't think of a good example now, but anything that I can see this is going to lead to some kind of uncomfortable situation where there's going to be, a, I run the other way as fast as I possibly can. And what I learned is, in actual fact, you're doing a lot more damage than good by doing that. Because more often than not, if you stand in the moment and you just talk through whatever it is that's causing this conflict, there's probably a better world after, a better for both people after. And if it doesn't resolve itself, it's also okay to agree to disagree. That's also fine. People can coexist if they agree to disagree. And I think this this kind of talks into the work workplace. Um, and maybe this is not just tech, but you know, I think maybe this happens in tech quite a bit because you tend to find people that have very strong opinions about certain things and they're almost unwavering about them. And if you are going to always stand back and just go the other way then you're going to hate your job in the end of the day because it's going to feel like you're just pandering to somebody else's thoughts, beliefs, whatever they have, and you're, you're going to lose your voice and you are in, in this thing. And I think sometimes standing your ground, maybe that seems a little too confrontational, but you know, standing your ground and saying, you know what, I actually disagree with what you're saying. And this is why, and this is how I feel about it. And this is my experience. Because people always say people can't argue with your experience. They can maybe argue with your opinion, that it can disagree with your opinion, but they can't argue against how you feel and how you experience a situation. Um, so I'm trying to do that. It's 
bloody hard when you've spent like the best, better <laughs> part of, you know, 45, 46 years of your life running the other way to stand still now. It's when you're like in the jungle and you see the lion and, and the, the dude in the car drives away and you're like, what the hell are you, what am I going to do? Um, it, it's like that, you know, it's like in that moment, this panic hits you and now you're completely out of the moment again pulled into the panic that you're feeling and you're associating that and the fear and you're, yeah. you're, you can't make sentences. You're talking, you're rambling. Sometimes you're not, but it sounds like to you, like you are like you're talking. And at the same time, you're thinking I'm making absolutely no sense right now. You can't even really understand the words that's coming out of your mouth to you in your head. It sounds like you're just going, yeah, bleh, 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 like that yeah. one movie, you know, it's like you're speaking, but <laughs> There's no words coming out. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to do that. I think for me, like, and, and that's something I wanted to get out of this conversation with you, Rose, is, is like these little practical nuggets that you found for yourself, but that you've also found by interacting with this wider community of people that all, I mean, some of these people in your community surely are, are in tech because it's everywhere, but also, you know. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, some of them are. Yeah, exactly. So, sure. uh, but, but there's overlap between this, right? And I think between having spoken to all of these, like such a large community of people and you yourself living with this, you've surely encountered things that people have said, you know what works for me? Blah. And you've been like, huh, and you yeah. tried it and you're like, hey, you know what? That works for me too. So I think for me, the two practical things that, yeah. that I, I find works for me is just being there in the moment with the shitty feelings, the shitty thoughts and trying to be okay with them, letting the train pass, not getting on it. Yes. And the other thing is trying to be, a, to be in a position where you're like, okay, this is going to possibly lead to a confrontation, but I'm not going to run away this time. I'm going to be here for it and I'm going to be respectful but I'm going to say what I feel. That's great. And you know, the, what it makes me think of, and I don't know if this is your experience, but this has been my, this was my historical experience for confrontations, things like that is the, I don't People with our kind of skull spaghetti, you know, often where we are kind of emotionally dysregulated, things are very dramatic. So it's not a, it's not a, a simple argument about a thing. It's a, it's a, you're going to hate my guts as a human being because I'm going to tell you one minor uh, critical feedback. You, we are now mortal enemies for life because we had a, it's, we take things that uh, you hear uh, rejection, sensitive dysphoria or whatever these things are. For me, it's like I get butt hurt really big and, but it's, it's having the grace with myself to go. Um, I'm going to take some time with this because I know that initially I feel like you hate my guts as a person in your core. So I know that that's not real, but I, but it's true in my head. So I got to take some time away. And then that's when I, that's when I would do that CBT stuff. That's when I would be like, this is a false thought. Here are some alternatives. Here's the, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to believe this is true. And then I'm going to act like you don't hate me. Or something. Those are the I wanted to speak to the um, uh, one of these thoughts, like one of the nuggets that I've gotten out of all of this, which I feel is very important, and I wanted to share it. Which is the this overarching being cool with ourselves, uh, even when we're not cool with ourselves. But to to be cool with the fact that we're not cool, it's the um, we live in a time. I think the the culture, the landscape is typically a self-love landscape 
where we need to love ourselves and self-care and self-love. And I think it's a beautiful thought and it's a beautiful idea. Somebody like me is that cannot do that, even though I know I can, even though I, I, if I looked in the mirror and I said, I love you, the mirror reflection would be like, you're such a, you're so full of shit. <laughs> you don't, <laughs> you idiot. I'm like, no, but I do. No, but I do. And like, no, 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 no. Okay. Whatever. So I'm like, okay, if I'm just going to feel worse by trying to lie to myself about something that I don't believe at my core, how about I just be cool with myself? How about I treat myself like a roommate that, you know, he's annoying, but he pays the rent. You know, it's, I can live with this guy. He's okay. You know, he's, he, there's a lot of shit he does wrong, but he's paying the rent. All right. I can do with this. So on my journey to getting to a place where, God, that would be great if I were to be able to look at myself in the mirror and be like, I love you, buddy. You're all right. I would love that. But for right now, I'm going to, I'm going to be cool to myself. And this goes, speaks to like, uh, the, 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 um, mindfulness-based stress reduction, the idea of accepting, uh, the acceptance in general for mindfulness of like, this is where I'm at. This is my present moment. And, I'm going to accept that I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm going to accept. I don't like it, but it is the truth of the moment right now. That I I really subscribed to that as an effort. Not as a like, yeah, and I've got it all figured out. But it is as an effort in um, understanding where I'm at, right? Understanding my emotions at the time and not feeling like I have to fight for this, this ideal that – People post on Instagram the magnificence that's out there, the the perfection that is um, unattainable. You know, I'm never going to have a symmetrical face. It's this is this my this thing on my face. I don't know if that's going away. This my eyes are always this one's going to be lower than this one always, and that's what I'm going to be okay with. I don't know. That's that that's been a super super helpful thing. The other, I'll tell you that one of the biggest lessons I've got, which is, I, I think that's the benefit of doing a thing like this, like what we're doing, like these podcasts. And then you, people reach out and go, I, I am that, I am that too. Thank you for saying that. Is that we all have these unique ways of doing things. And even though at the core, like with ADHD, there is, a process for managing life with ADHD. It is, it is a cut and dry process, but everybody has their own creative, unique way of achieving that. You know, like in my head, it's like, okay, you externalize everything and uh, I'll be cool with yourself and then, and make things easy. And what is your way of doing that? That that is one of the beautiful things that I think has been a gift to me in doing this and that I've learned from, all the people that um, I've communicated with. It's beautiful. That's my yeah. ramble. I don't know where we were going with no, this. No, that's brilliant. I love that. No, that's amazing. Yeah, I dig it. <laughs> I, I think one of the things where you ended there with the easy stuff, make it easy. I think one of the things, and this might come from Atomic Habits, where, where you say like, make the right things easy and the wrong things hard. So if you want to oh, start yeah. jogging, like, 
put your shoes at the front door. Um, I remember he told the story about one of his clients. This is definitely from Atomic Habits, um, where the dude is like, okay, so there's two things. One thing is language is incredibly powerful and we need to use language effectively. So first thing you do is you don't say, I'm going to go to the gym every day. In the beginning of a year, a lot of people are trying this thing out for size and seeing how it goes. Some people might have already given up seeing me past the 19th, which is apparently <laughs> when most people are like, fuck yeah. this, I'm done. Um, but instead of saying, I'm going to go to the gym every day, you have to say, I am the type of person who goes to the gym every day. Just that change in language changes how your brain yeah. processes it. The other thing this dude did is for the first week, he got in his car, on his way to work, the plan was that he will go first thing, go to gym, then go to work. So for the first week, he drove, parked in the parking lot, sat in his car for five minutes, went to work, didn't even get out of the car. Then after the first week, he like went, walked into the lobby of the gym, walked out, got in his car, went to work. Because through this process, you are the person who goes to gym every day. The fact that you're not picking up weights, that's irrelevant. You you went to the gym today. You were in the parking lot right there. You saw there, it said Virgin Atlantic, whatever the hell, Virgin Gym. It said it right there. Um, not sponsored. Um, you said it <laughs> right there. You went isn't, to the gym. Isn't Virgin Atlantic like the planes? <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? You're thinking about Virgin Atlantic. They've got a gym now? That shows you. They've got their hand in everything. That shows you that I don't go to the gym. Wow. I do ride a bike every day. It goes nowhere. But, you know, that's how that I get hilarious. But, you know, that's the thing. Because Scott just started, I'm not the type of person that goes to the gym. <laughs> you ever been to the Virgin Atlantic or the Southwest gym or the United the United Airlines gym? I used to go quite quite frequently to the, no. what, what are the ones that land in Atlanta? Delta gym. I used to go to the Delta gym. <laughs> so to wrap that up, essentially, it's language is incredibly powerful. So the words we use really make a difference. That, so that is what you say, but also how you talk to yourself. And then the other thing is make the right things easy and make the wrong things hard. And one of the ways is just that simple. Like, I went to the gym today. I did. I didn't get out the car, but I went to the gym today. Yeah. I, I want to take that a, a step further too and talk about the uh, the importance of um, knowing that we're all the same in that. It, that there's there's a shame that's attached to feeling like you, we have to do things in a remedial way. There's um, there's a lot of, of of this sense that I'm a grown adult. I shouldn't need to do it. I should be able to just do this thing. Because that's the culture that we, I, I know that I grew up in is that you suck it up, you do it, you just do it. And that's not a reality. So when we talk about these things, like I, I'm fully subscribed to that. Easiest point of entry, break things down into the smallest component. And even in depressive episodes, it's like, what's the, what's the thing that kickstarts you and nudges you like down the mountain, like you're going towards your goal, right? It's, um, I don't know how, I don't know what the thing is. I, I don't want to say like, just don't feel shame. It's, but it's um, knowing that we're not alone in that, um, in that effort, right. To make things super, super easy. It's, it's literally, it's all that is, is us using the way that our school spaghetti works, the way that our neuron zippy zappies flicker and flacker. That's just how we 
do the thing. And when I, when I speak to this, uh, most people, when they say just do the thing, they, they're connecting all those dots and doing that stuff um, in, internally. We're doing it externally. We're setting out our shoes. We're just doing the same thing, but we're doing it our way so that we can do the same thing that the normies of the world are doing. It's just how we do it. Um, I don't know. I, just, I, I, I feel really strongly about trying to eradicate the shame around us doing things a little bit differently, you know? Yeah, no, that that's, yeah, that's great. And I, I really, and I, I think this is the part, so, so, you know, so, you know, there's obviously a lot of parallels between something like acceptance and commitment therapy and, and you, know, you spoke about skulk needling as well. And, you know, like, I, I think there are some, I don't want to go as far as saying universal truths, but I, I think there are some things that are just inherently helpful in terms of managing these type of things and like you you kind of like different people arrive at these solutions in different ways um you know and i i the one thing i appreciate about acceptance and commitment therapy is the c part which is the commitment part is that or there's always like some type of commitment associated with acceptance so you know without a commitment like plain acceptance without a commitment is just once again you know it, it, it's nihilism or, or fatalism it's like you know, nothing really matters um but saying like cool I like I accept this thing and like I'm committing myself to this type of action regardless of whether this thing is true or not. So in other words, you know, maybe my face is skewed, maybe my face is not skewed. That shouldn't change the commitment that I make that is I'm going to try and just be like someone that's nice to interact with regardless of how someone thinks about my face. So I think that interplay between the commitment and the, you know, is like, I really appreciate that. Um, I also want to say I really resonate with this this idea that, you know, like I, I also struggle with self-love and, and all of that stuff. Um, and it's almost like that's okay as well. Like it's like, like sometimes I, I – think once again i like sometimes i hate myself and that's okay that's fine like i don't need to be a certain way or feel a certain way the only thing that really matters is what do i actually do um how do i act like i can i can i can criticize myself and i can hold myself accountable for the way i act and what i do with those feelings but you know i don't know like let myself just feel whatever i want to feel um, so I really resonate with that. And, you know, and it's that thing of like, you're like, oh, you need to love yourself. And then it's like, I love you, man. And it's like, no, that's not true. That's not true. And it's like, no, you're fucking it up. You're fucking it up. You're supposed to love yourself. You are horrible at this. You are awful. Like, it's so easy. Why can't you just love yourself? You piece of shit. You know, like, it's it's like, like that. Yeah. But, and, I, and I think the yeah. thing is for me, you know, like, different people resonate with different things. And mm -hmm. I think I just don't trust myself enough. Like, I, I think there's like a little voice in my head that's just too deceptive, you know? So all that stuff about oh, putting your, 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 your running shoes at the door and driving to the, I'm going to find some way out of that. I'm going to find some way to convince myself. Like, you know, I, I just don't trust myself <laughs> enough to. Yeah, but that's an opportunity, though, right? So then, each mm. time that happens, that's your opportunity to be um, curious about yourself and go, "Oh, okay, yeah. so this doesn't work. What what might work? 
or what yeah. was the obstacle, what might be yeah. the way out. And that's where we all get to know ourselves. I, I think that's the beauty I, of that stuff. Yes. And I, I think for me, and, and I remember when I was in support groups and stuff, this is always like such a contentious topic. And people used to feel very strongly about this is like, do you accept, do you kind of own the mental illness? Do you say that I, I'm, I have depression, you know, like, does it make it worse by like, or, you know, like, or even if it's like substance abuse or whatever, do you, like, is it a thing of mentally, do you tell yourself, hey, I'm not, I'm not an alcoholic or whatever, or do you, well, obviously, <laughs> like, obviously I'm experiencing alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but, but you guys know what I'm getting at. You know, some people would say you're setting yourself up to fail by owning that and, and making, and I yeah, have case by case in my head. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But obviously like, um, like. For me, it's the opposite. For me, there's 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 a there's a level of like liberty, like in terms of being like this is the reality, and that's fine, and and that's okay, and let's figure out. Given that that's the reality, where do we go from here? So yeah, it's it's tough. It's 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 such a our, our brains are just so infinitely complex that I'm always cautious of 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 kind of always say that you know what absolute statements are absolutely problematic. You know, so yeah. Um, so yeah, I am, but but I just wanted to say I I really resonate with that, and I I think for a very long time, I spent too much time in this kind of space of neurosis of f- trying to fix the problem by obsessing more and obsessing. Oh more yeah, by, like trying know, to like, think our I just, way out of yeah. A, oh. I just need to. I just yeah. need to think more positive thoughts, and but the problem is. The more yeah. you try and force it, the worse. If you just let it it's go, a, and that's the you know irony. our brains if you, if you just have leave so it. much data. I think our, yeah. that that fight is anytime we think we're going to get into a fight with our brain and convince ourselves <laughs> of something. Our brain is like, "Are you kidding me?" It's like a lawyer, like the most highest paid lawyer that has all your history. Every single thing that ever happened to you as a child, like, oh, you think you're good enough? Oh, let's go back. Remember in the third grade, you failed that test. Oh, look at this. And it'll give you all the data. That's, I think, that the the, the separation of thought and who we are is a big deal because our our brain will spit out shit all day long. And we're like, okay, I am not my thoughts. That's just a collection of data that's coming up at an inopportune time because that's how I'm feeling. Like I feel I shitty. Also, oh, well, let me give you all your shitty thoughts. Yeah, I, I also really like this this idea. And, and I think we spoke about it at some point in the podcast before. Where, and, there, and there's kind of like a scientific basis for it as well as this, this idea of your brain as almost a community of entities and things as opposed to like a single thing with a single goal. It's like competing things. And um, I with different motivations and, you know, and, 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 and I really kind of like, I think that's how I kind of make sense of that thing of like, sometimes I do say things and think things and, um, you know, like, yeah, like kind of the separation of mind and brain, I think is kind of like the mindfulness way of thinking about it. Um, but yeah, like, like, I think there's also like something there as well, which, which I had to learn which was kind of like a lot, like it, it kind of 
opened a lot of things up for me when I kind of started realizing that me is more than one thing, whether that's a separation between my thoughts and my mind and all of that. Um, that, that was really helpful for me. Yeah. That's super interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, all that goop in our brain, uh, it's like that, all that brain jello. It's just a whole bunch of goop zipping and zapping and doing things. And <laughs> like, all right, yeah. what's your job again? Just to keep me alive. Yeah. Let's just keep me alive. That's all you're, and it's like, oh, yeah. I can keep you alive. Don't ever ask any women out because they're going to reject you and hate you. Oh, that's how I survive. Oh, I don't like that answer. Thanks, brain. Um, yeah. So uh, I think it's one of those moments where we need to wrap it up, even though we can just keep going forever, but nobody wants to listen to a 10-hour podcast. So um, how to wrap it up? No idea. So all I can say is like, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was super fun. Um, I'm super glad that you were that you you were open to doing this, Russ, and I'm glad I reached out. Um, I think it was just a wonderful conversation. I think a lot of people are going to benefit from this. I think one for me, the big takeaway is that talk to more people about this stuff because we're like we've what we've learned here is that this uniqueness, there's a shared experience, a shared reality. But how we deal with this is unique almost to each and every person. But there are some things that one person does that you say, well, I haven't tried that. Let me give that a shot. And maybe that's the thing that was missing yeah. in your life. And the more we talk about it and the more we share this between a wider and wider and ever increasing community, the more of these things will surface and the more people might find just the thing that they never knew they needed. So I think for me, that 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 is the big takeaway for me. So with that, I'm out and i'm gonna hand it over to you too uh, I, d- I did i did what if he just leaves time? he just like literally <laughs> shuts his camera off and he leaves he's like and i'm good what <laughs> else <is> going? <laughs> you guys have fun um here's no, my takeaway you guys go to hell <laughs> boom and he's out <laughs> i know but i i did i like i it's kind of it's kind of um it's only fair because i did the I, I did the same thing to him last time because <laughs> like it's no but like i always say this and and if this is like not the first episode that you're listening to you're gonna be like ah scott's gonna go on about this other thing now again but it's it's like i always say this is like um is like it's with these type of conversations there's no logical endpoint. Um, and I, cause it's just like, there's so many things that get opened up. And I, I said this during my, my, my talk at the conference as well. And I said like, you know, like there's no logical end where it makes sense to tie all of this up, you know, with an easy answer and cool. All right, there we go. Everyone like end of conversation. Um, and it's effectively just when the timer runs out and it's like, cool, we have to stop talking about this now because, because it's such a big complex topic and oh, yeah. you know, there's so little discussion about it that like everything and you just like grasp at it and you're like, cool, let's unpack this. Let's unpack that. Um, yeah. So it, 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 it just comes with the territory, but like last time I'm like, cool. All right. Skulk Nedling, like you try and make sense of this mess. Like uh, get us some nice conclusion. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I, I, I think this is great for me. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's really nice talking to someone that, you know, isn't, isn't, I think this is the first person we've spoken to that isn't in the world of tech. Um, and I, I, I think a lot of this takes very specific dimensions 
in in the world of tech you know whether it's like you know like the concentration required to code you know and and sometimes writing bad code and then having to you know like undo all that work and start again you know there's all these dimensions but it's i really i really like there's a lot of insight for me personally in terms of like just seeing how a lot of this plays out just as humans regardless whether you're a carpenter or a plumber or or whatever you know like i think to some degree we're all applying ourselves to something and we're trying to get our brain to just work with us and do the thing and and and, you know it just keeps on going in random directions and um yeah so i i think and 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 once again as you mentioned the thing is what's wrong with me you know so i think just like hearing from other people that are kind of in a space where they they are on some type of journey to just being at peace with that um with their own like humanity um and their own humanness and i i think like that that has been really something that that kind of resonated with me a lot like in in, in this specific call um but yeah i think maybe a good place to end off is maybe with some recommendations in terms of reading material and stuff because skulk you mentioned a couple of things and I'm, I'm i'm curious to know what are some like books related to that that might be worth checking out so um we spoke about acceptance commitment therapy the 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 general one that's kind of seen as the entry to it is 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 the happiness trap um mm-hmm. Russ so, yeah yeah another us i didn't even think about that yeah yeah um, we're out there <laughs> you can trust the Russ, um, but yeah, oh, that 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 came out way better than I was uh, like thinking it was going to be. That was pretty good. Um, but yeah, so it's a happiness trap. Um, good book, good introduction to acceptance and commitment therapy. Um, Scott, I don't know if you maybe have any um, recommendations in terms of kind of the mindfulness stuff. Yep. Uh, Full Catastrophe Living by John Kabat-Zinn. That's amazing. That's an amazing title. Gotta read it. Gotta read it. (laughs) Cool. Now, now Russ, like, uh, give us the grand finale. Um, Oh, this is okay. And then an orchestra starts to play behind me. (laughs) What? And now I sing to everyone. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. I was thinking more in terms of what what's the book that's gonna change your change everyone's lives? Well, you know, that's a tough one because um <laughs> let me switch it to be not about a book. It's about um it, it's a podcast. <laughs> no, people will find the podcast. The but, but the, the the community aspect of this thing. This is I have a joke going on right now where like we all will read the book and then no one will do the work. Uh, that is the way that we are. We will read the happiness trap and we'll go, this is genius. Oh my God, I'm going to try all these things. And we won't do any of them. Um, Guilty as forget, Yeah, because we forget what we read. Like the second you read an exercise and go, I'm going to do that tomorrow. And then you read the next chapter. You've already forgotten about the other one. That's just no big deal. That's just who we are. I'm really in service of the doing. And in terms of, community that is what helps um our our type i don't know our brain our kind of brain people is the how do we do the thing that we say we want to do that we know how to do but that we're not doing 
And I'm finding that in community, and I know we have one, but I mean, community is your wife, community is your friends, community is whoever you can have that helps to hold you accountable when we can't hold ourselves accountable because we are so able to give up on ourselves and to quit on ourselves, but it's so hard to give up on our friend or to give up on our spouse or give up on a community that we've made a promise to because we're people pleasers. Okay. So let's lean into our thing that we, 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 you know, that's our deal. And so the idea of a community is you get a group of people together that are reading the happiness trap and then you do a book club about it. And then you guys all do the work together, right? In our forum, the, I think I mean Skulk, you know that I've got a forum, right? So the, Mm-hmm. We're going through the mindfulness workbook on addiction and we're going through uh, understand your brain. What is it called? It's Oh yeah. It's, it's by that. Um, he's a huge ADHD guy. Ari Tuckman. Okay. So this, and here's, here's the exact reason you'd be like, what book do you recommend? Okay. I'd, I'd recommend this. I have owned this book for probably two years. Never did one exercise. So it just happened to be in the forum. We were talking about it and we're like, you guys want to go through it and do it together? Now we're doing the work. And then we're picking it apart too. We're like, I, this exercise sucks or this exercise is great. But it's in the community that we are finding ways to do the thing that we say we're going to do. And I, I, it's, I don't mean that in a condescending bad way because I wouldn't no, be doing these things amazing. if it weren't for the community I built. I'm like, I wouldn't be doing it either. So I would recommend the happiness trap and I would recommend doing the work, (laughs) doing the work as you're doing it with your community. Like in tech, do you guys have like groups that meet up and that do things and and you go, Hey, who wants to do this thing for, because half of us are depressed or half of us have anxiety disorder. Anybody want to work through a workbook on meditations and things like that, right? Just takes it just takes one person that's a little bit juiced up about it. Because I tell you, like if when I go around and I talk about this stuff, I'm generally like uh, I'm a geek for this stuff. So I'm like, who wants to? You guys want to try this? All right, let's go. So it's people will 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 cling to that. I've been wanting to do that. Let's yeah, I would love to join that thing. Someone's got to grab on and lead it. You know, that's how I would wrap it. That's my big finale. Is is it doesn't you're, matter the book? <laughs> you you've undone yourself. You've outdone yourself. Um, but it's it, like that is. I'm scared by how good that advice actually is because, like, oh. realizing that's really good advice actually means that yeah, it's probably something worth investigating. Um, and that yeah, so no, like that's that's really great. And I actually think Skulk, maybe that's something we can actually chat about and then yep, look sure. into. Um, but it's like, it's like the first time we did this, uh, this podcast, um, like, like a lot of people messaged and said like, oh, that, like, it's really great. And I was like, oh, damn it. Now, now we have to actually continue doing it. <laughs> like, and it's kind of like that. It's like, yeah, like it's, it's such a, it's such a good idea actually. And, and it's actually maybe something that we can actually look at, at doing, mm-hmm. but, oh man, like. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> More on my plate. Yeah, I know, but it's 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 a great suggestion. It's it's really cool. yeah. I, I I kind of resonate with it a lot. Yeah, and I think that's maybe as good as a point to end. Yeah. 
Cool. Thank you for having me on the, on it. This is really fun. I really appreciate getting to know you guys a little bit better. It's nice. Yeah, thanks, Russ. It's been amazing. Thank you so much.